What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. Uh, this is episode number 322. My name is Steve, one of the co-hosts. As always, I'm here with Ron and John. And that makes three. Um, how are you guys doing today? I'm I'm good. A little tired, but yeah. I'm, I'm good, though. I'm really good. 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 We were talking about your sock on your mic before we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just well done on that. It looks good. I mean, Thanks, it will man. it will do the same thing essentially that like an expensive piece of audio gear will do. Yeah, I'm about to return this pop filter thing. I'm take that pop filter sock, back, take and it just off get my like, foot, and put it right on there. Yeah, let's put we, a damn we should, sock on it. We should do socks, but we should do the little uh, like little five toed socks that have <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, 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 stripes. And or, like as we're know. going, we can just like kind of like tickle oh, yeah. them or yeah. like flick them or something. I'm sure that would sound great. The constant crinkling of sock <laughs> yeah. fabric. John would John would love listening back to that. Hey man, <clears throat> you think I listen to this shit? <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like it feels like week over week we don't really kind of leave the prior episode with much of a plan. But then, like mm. as the next week comes, we like start talking about what we want to talk about. Mm. And this is no exception. Where like we've got like four or five things that yeah. we want to make sure we give some attention to this week. Some of the things that have been around for a bit that we just finally got around, or or the rest of us finally got around to yes. seeing. Some are new. Uh, some are ongoing TV series in their what third or fourth season? Um, third, third season, closing um, out the third. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, a nice mix on today's episode. We're going to be talking a little bit about the third season of what we do in the shadows. Uh, Ronald and I finally got to see Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings. Um, John checked out the Eternals. Yep, and all three of us uh, got to see the final Bond film in the in the Craig era. Uh, no time to die, which came out as almost like a surprise release, sort of on VOD this week. Yeah, which was uh, pretty fun to look forward to seeing, and uh, we'll get into all those. Maybe sort of in that order, I don't know. But um, what what uh, anything come up this week? You guys want to mention like news wise or any kind of exciting? I know, Ronald, you were raving a bit when we started talking off off recording about. We talked about the Disney Plus stuff last week a little bit, like the day in, uh, the Disney Plus day, but. Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned your excitement. Why, why don't you bring it up real quick? Yeah, so this was kind of a part of the soft uh, entrance into Disney Plus Day, and uh, it was the announcement that um, some of the films on Disney Plus will be IMAX enhanced, which means that you'll be able to see the IMAX scenes in their true glory. In the in the ratio that you were supposed to see them in, as if you know, we we, we kind of talked about this in before, but th- there are versions of uh, physical media that are a little different than the digital ones, and one of the advantages to getting physical is that some of them are IMAX, have IMAX scenes in them, so you get to see right. them in the the higher ratio, you get to see more image. Uh, it, it creates a, a, a kind of a bigger spectrum of things to look at when when an action scene is going on so with the with the announcement of that they actually just kind of shadow dropped a bunch of crazy ass uh i think like it's like 13 films total right right. um i i had the pleasure of looking at black widow this uh today and when it gets to an imax scene you know it you know, the, the the bars that you have expand and you get to see way more stuff. Like you get to see the sky, you get to see the ground, you get to see 
more Scarlett Johansson. I mean, who doesn't want to see more Scarlett Johansson <laughs> kicking ass? Um, so I, it, it's it's interesting because the argument's always been it's physical media getting out of here. And if you have an advantage like this, this is an argument for someone to lean more towards like a Disney plus over buying a physical version. If only two or three of the MCU movies in the past couple of years have an IMAX version physically, you know, you just get Disney plus play the monthly fee and you're seeing these beautiful films with Atmos and Dolby vision. And the st- it seems like with this enhancement, Picture quality is getting better, so they're they're working on something, man. They they got some some little dwarfs in the servers doing some work, banging on. <laughs> <laughs> they just have like wrenches banging on gear yeah. just to make the IMAX work. Just the, how do you guys feel about the, the experience expanding like this, John? You know, I don't have any feelings at all. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure if I In were general, watching, I'm, I'm sure if I were watching yeah. one of those movies, right, right. and I would notice it because I mean, I do notice like a, a picture quality. I, I know people that don't seem to notice at all the difference between right, standard right. def and HD. They have to be looking at a giant television <laughs> to to admit that it looks different, you know, or that right. when it's when it's squashed or stretched. I mean, I'm so sensitive to all of that, but there's a Me general too. quality level that I will be generally satisfied with and i think beyond that to impress me it would take like oh wow this presentation like i have been in a in a friend's uh home when they had a projector and a good screen setup and it was so bright it was so perfect and bright and the resolution looked so beautiful it looked like a movie theater and i was like oh wow this is a better experience you know but it's beyond just that this is the acceptable level of what i guess i would consider you know i guess i don't know it's which K it is, 4K, 8K, but like definitely that Blu-ray quality level. I'm, I'm, I notice when something dips below that on, on the televisions that we have yeah. here. So I guess I'm not excited necessarily about like just the idea that it's there, but I do agree with what you're saying about like if they're only going to like these are only going to exist in theaters, and then there's a, there's a way to bring that experience into the home theater, and they're not going to do it in physical media. Then Disney Plus seems like the perfect place to do this kind of thing because i mean you know this should be the sort of catch-all place for for all of that stuff so yeah and as far as that visual difference i think we you know that moment you're talking about i've i've felt it we've all felt it when you're watching something and i mean the nolan batman films would have uh, imax sequences when you just get a bit more information and a bit more immersion uh the mission impossible movies i think uh, do that sometimes yeah. too where it's just yep. So I think yeah, it definitely has an effect on me. The the you know, and especially in the theater, that can really have an effect on you if, if you're looking at it on a good giant screen. As far as it being at home, I'm not as likely to rewatch these movies for the quality. But I will mm. say that I was talking, uh, I was hoping we would talk about this in some way because when I was watching the James Bond movie, we're going to talk about later. I was thinking like, oh yeah, I this is one of those movies that I can see the kind of Ronald of it all, where it's like you might have something that you put on just because it looks great and it sounds great. Um, And so I always think about that more now in light of you because I'm like, oh yeah, Ronald Ronald likes to do that. Ronald likes to just really enjoy that experience, the quality of it. I mean, I think we all do, but I think you seek it out in a way that is is different from the way that I, you know, so as far as it like on paper, am I excited? Not particularly, but I'm sure the next time I watch one of those movies, um, I'll notice for sure that they've, you know, that, that it's it's got, like I said, it's got that scene or two or maybe a whole movie eventually. Isn't there something that was shot all the way in IMAX? Am I wrong about that? Uh, 
Maybe they were sure. announcing uh, that something it, was going to be shot entirely. in all IMAX or something. I know it's 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 like totally expensive. It's cost prohibitive yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, sure. no. So short answer: not excited about it in theory, but I I, I love it. <laughs> I love the fact that there's going to be this the best quality version, and for whatever kind of uh, you know cinephiles people that really want to take advantage of that, it seems silly that it wouldn't be right, uh, right. on their on their service that's designed for this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's a, it's it's an interesting like announcement in a lot of ways um, from a technical standpoint, like also like over a streaming platform, but also just like the idea that like you know you have to imagine like what kind of conversations have had to happen with 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 IMAX to even allow this because like you know they have a very storied history in terms of like you know what they allow and not allow to you know be shown in the theater for how long or on what like we we mentioned a little bit off camera like you know, what makes its way onto even the physical media that, that that's out there for these filmmakers that really kind of champion IMAX, like mm-hmm. Nolan, um, you know, some of his movies, you know, their Blu-ray box sets, like have, you know, the IMAX sequences, like the one I know ratio in the movie still, but like most don't. So mm-hmm. it is interesting that, you know, there's a, a streaming platform that gets the okay from IMAX, you know, to, to go ahead and offer, you know, 13 of these massive Marvel movies and probably more as they come onto the service exclusively, um, you know, to, to be in that format. And, and I mean, the other thing is too, like, you know, people's homes, it's acknowledging the idea of, you know, it's, or not acknowledging, it's like, it's like acknowledging and like kind of trying to solidify the idea that like people really want to have the best possible experience at home, you know, or the best possible that they have, they can have, you know, with the means of their machine, uh, of their hardware, like TVs, you know, now are kind of caught up to the fact that they can accommodate this kind of format pretty easily. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you have TVs that are like in 16.9 now that easily accommodate this one nine zero one ratio that IMAX is shot in. And it looks amazing if you have a great TV, like, you know, I'm like, I know Ronald does. And I have like a TV that's a really nice TV. The other TVs in my house, I don't know that it would really wow me that much. But on that nice TV, it probably will when I have a chance to watch it. Not to mention, like, eventually when the sound gets upgraded on these titles, which they also announced that, you know, it'll have, like, the upgraded uh, soundtrack uh, once, I think, in the next couple of months or something, they said. But um, it's just like a marriage of, like, these properties being able to say, yes, you can use the technology on your platform because we know that the people that are going to want this and, you know, and or have the TVs in their homes to really kind of do it justice. Cause like, they're all about protecting that IMAX brand. Mm-hmm. So it's like most TVs can accommodate this. And, you know, I think they made a comment about like 26% more uh, like space for the movie on your screen. And that can actually be used now because of TVs being formatted the way they are now versus even 10, 15 years ago. That's nuts. So in that way, it does seem like a really interesting, cool thing. Um, to John's point, like, I, I I don't know that I really rewatch a lot of them, you know, for the the tech side of things. But, you know, the titles that they put out, like these some of these Marvel movies, you know, some of them are my favorites of the last, you know, decade. So, like, those I think I probably would really benefit, you know, from being able to experience it on the IMAX enhanced, uh, you know, that they're rolling out. And to be curious to see, you know, how much more of this type of stuff comes out like on things like like hbo max like you know like when they kind of put these things back on their platform once they're done the theatrical windows like dude you know will that be something that they try to pivot to and offer like because again like these these over the top streaming things that they have that's where they want people to go 
you know yeah. so if disney's got it you got to be like well is that exclusive to disney and i and i highly there's no way that imax does that exclusive right. like yeah so now this might be something new that they offer for these movies that we see in theaters that have imax like dune or like bond you know had a, some imax sequences like it'd be cool that wherever they end up streaming like that you could see that there too you know yeah. so we'll see we'll see how that pans out but i think it's pretty cool and yeah, kind of to your point, Steve, just to underline something you were saying there, these are movies you might rewatch anyway. Yeah. For, yeah. for the sheer fun of it. Exactly. So Right. For sure. You don't have to just be a big old tech nerd like Ronald. And <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but- you know, he's kind, of, he's kind of cultivated a nice little uh, setup there. So, if, you know. Oh, yeah. If you have, you know, a nice thing like Ronald has, like. I oh, sure. Wait yeah, for yeah. you guys to see it. You gotta, no, we, yeah, we got to do wanna, some. You want to yeah. yeah, enjoy that <laughs> as much as you can. And if. And if Ron, and if you're if you're somebody like Ronald who has that setup and you're like I'm already paying for this this is like icing on the cake that I get to yeah. like really flex this technology that I have in my house that I've like invested in so right, right. that's just bonus round for you um, but yeah that's awesome um, what are we going to next you want to talk I don't know I forgot what we said what was next I think Eternals just since I'm the Eternals, only one that yeah, saw it you, you checked it out that's right yeah what what did you think of uh, Marvel's The Eternals. Yeah. Uh, well, it's funny to do a 30-minute segment in one episode about a critical reaction that has happened before the movie was seen by anybody, <laughs> and then to come and just share a few quick thoughts about this two-hour and 40-minute movie. Um, but you guys are hopefully going to see it soon enough, and I don't want Hope to so. you know, spoil my anything about the movie more so than I should. So I'll talk in broadest strokes possible. Um, okay. Is this a weak entry in the Marvel franchise, you know? And no, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not at all. Is this like oh. a is this like a falling on its sword kind of movie that we're all gonna look away from? I, I really don't think so. I mean, I just don't think so. I think this movie is it reminded me in some ways of Shang-Chi, which we'll talk about in a second, because you guys have seen it, in that it had its own fantasy world that it has cultivated. And um it it feels like it's its own kind of movie. Like in a strange way, it feels like it is for that slightly more niche audience of people that want to see a, a, a big fantasy film that has like a text crawl at the beginning that explains in the time of this, this person created this and it was called this. And, you know, like if I think that it feels like a, it feels like a swing for a lot of reasons. And I think once you've all seen it, it's, we can talk about all the different things it does that sets it apart, you know? Uh, yeah. from a Marvel movie that you've seen before, it does still fit the house style. So I kind of feel like it's six of one, half dozen of the other. It's I, I kind of want to say both people are wrong. The people that say this movie breaks the mold and that's why it fails, or it tries to do something too different or, and, and that's why it fails. Or people that say, oh, it's just another movie. It's not that different. I really think it has like core differences in it, interesting ideas, interesting ways of approaching these characters that feel different based on the sort of story that we're dealing with. We're not dealing with relatable Marvel humans right, uh, right. cracking wise with each other. We're dealing with like gods. And it's like watching gods who have disagreements between them and it's a drama for them, but for us it's existence or not, you know? Mm. Right. So it's interesting. And I think they stick that landing better than you might expect. I do think the movie has clunky passages. I do think it's one of those movies that on its way to get where it's really going, it kind of farts around a little bit and kind of like 
all those criticisms that people want to give to it, I think apply directly to that like first maybe hour. That's even I didn't even I, I was engaged. I was enjoying it. But I was mm. feeling like, yeah, this if I weren't like a fan of fantasy and if I weren't sitting here wanting to like show me this new world, tell me this like new layer to this universe. If I weren't sort of high on that, I think I might have been like, oh, When's this movie going to get going? But I, I didn't have those feelings. I'm trying to imagine. Right. There's so many people that have felt that way about it, though. Lukewarm mm. to negative. And I was expecting... I mean, this was like the first Marvel movie, honestly, I think I've sat down in where I was thinking, this might not be a good movie. I mean, that, and I, I was instantly going like, no, this is really not... This is just not the... It's just not the failure that people want to talk about it as. Right, it's right, definitely right. like... I mean, again, it's mixed in the way that it'll be interesting for us to kind of pick apart. There'll be parts that work for some and not for others. But as far as like, how do you add a layer to a universe that we spent 20 movies in that none of the characters in those movies know anything about and have ever talked about, you know? How do you add a layer that goes back deeper and farther than what we've seen and goes out farther and huger than what we've seen that doesn't change or affect what we've seen? And they they did it. Like, there's a whole wow. new wrinkle. There's a whole new side of the MCU that we're going to see, and it did nothing to hurt what came before. What came, yeah. Okay. And mm. I think that's pretty impressive. I mean, from just a storytelling standpoint, you know how some Marvel movies end and you go, especially when we were leading up to Endgame and Infinity War, like in a Doctor Strange movie comes out and it ends and you go, oh, I, I can kind of tell the characters that we're going to save for the next Doctor Strange movie. And then I can mm. see how Doctor Strange is now part of this bigger picture. And so a Marvel movie ends and you go, oh, I both see what this this movie's universe is and I see how it would affect other things. And if if it's right. like if there's a point of success in a Marvel movie of it ending and you going, I can't wait to see how other I can't wait to see how the characters we know react to this shit. How they how like some of them may already know. I mean, that's the interesting thing about this. We may find that some people in the MCU already knew about Eternals and what they were doing, and some might not. And it seems like a thing Nick Fury would have had a a file on or something, you know. So it does seem like they can get it integrated pretty quickly, or they could not. This is existing outside the MCU, it could be a little while before we really have to see it double back and relate. Oh, wow. um, I'd, I'd be up for an Eternals 2, definitely, but I could also see how they could say, we don't need to do another Eternals 2. We just gave you like 10 new characters that we can now interact and follow wherever. and pop up. And especially as they get more cosmic with some of the Captain Marvel and the Guardian stuff. So yeah, I mean, is this in my top five? I, I don't think so. Uh, is this in my bottom five? Marvel, definitely not. Definitely not. Wow. So okay, I had. Okay, a, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it, and I think a good sign is my son and I walked out of it talking about like buzzing on the ideas, like, oh, what does this mean about this, and what does this mean about this? And then he went to a slumber party that night, not a slumber party, a sleepover, and uh, and they went to see it again, and oh, he. Wow he was like all about it and his friend loved it and the dad who took him loved it. And I was like, you know, maybe this movie is going to connect with like genre fans in a way that it didn't with critics. And that'll be kind of mm, yeah, my last yeah. statement I'll make is that sometimes you read reviews and I'm not saying this is the case the, the, you, you mentioned this last time, Ronald, there are a lot of just audience members that came out of this movie going, meh. So this might be a, it might be a meh movie for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, because like I said, those, those stodgy, sluggish sections they they could put a hurt on your desire to sit through this and hang in there um but like 
I kind of think this is one of those movies where you'll read critics talking about how incoherent and boring it is, and then you watch mm. it and you go, no, it's it's not incoherent. They explain everything, and everything that's on screen is motivated by something. And whether yeah. you love it or not, for Marvel to say, let's do a movie where we, br- where we bring in Chloe Zhao, and we slow down a little bit, and we have some scenes shot at Golden Hour where characters just look at each other. You might not like that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a friend of the show, Bob Rose, said it looked like a realtor made this movie to sell beach homes. And I think that I think that's fair of a certain percentage of the movie, but that's like such a small percentage of what's going on in this movie. This movie both yeah. has that Marvel fun you're hoping for and something slightly different. So in a weird way, maybe it's a maybe it won't please large groups of people, but I could see certain groups of people really digging on just what this movie has to offer. So um so yeah, critics might just be, this might be one that goes not over their heads, but just misses their sweet spot. You know, it doesn't have the sort of snarky, uh, like letting you off the hook easy if you think this comic book shit is goofy stuff. This movie does not operate in that realm. It it has wisecracks, but it really wants you to take it on the most sincere level <laughs> of storytelling. So oh, okay. yeah, so I, I, I guess I, it's a pretty hard, I dug it, but I definitely think that t- taking, you know, taking it apart with you guys will be a fun conversation to have whenever that whenever that occurs yeah so if it's if it's within 45 days if they go about a 45 day window december 20th is the day it'll come out if it goes about a shang chi one it'll be <laughs> january 11th when it is when it'll be available so like let's hope it's december uh that would well, be I mean, really spider-man cool. hits right around that time so i could see them wanting to get this out on home VOD before right. before Spider-Man hits, you know, or, or maybe cool. that's their January surprise after mm. Spider-Man has subsided. <laughs> but but you, they won't have this problem after December because <laughs> after that it slows down a little bit to like they they pushed a few things back. The schedule is not quite as insane as it was looking right. just a little while ago. But uh, I still can't believe Spider-Man's in a few weeks. I can't believe Ghostbusters I, is next week. I cannot yeah. believe there's there's no trailer for Spider-Man. Like what are we doing right now? What are we doing? And Tom Holland's out there saying it's a dark movie, that this one's not fun. <laughs> Why is he saying that? He's trolling everybody. I know. Yeah. Everybody's trolling everybody about this movie. But I think that the one thing that I have heard several people say is they tried to treat this like an in-game level event in terms of the Spider-Man universe. That's that really This movie cool. is trying to, to, to like make you feel like you saw the end of a trilogy and not just another adventure. I think it is, ba- based on... Good, good. Uh, did, you, did you guys see Venom? Yeah. Did you see Venom, Steve? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about I Venom, mean, the Let There Be Carnage. You let there be carnage, yeah. The one we call Venom 2. I don't think we ever said or the Venom name. Or Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> Venom 2. But more accurately, did you stay all the way to the end? Because that's I we're... did. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, yeah. I feel like we can see that that coming. Tom Holland is wanting to yeah, play this I... character no matter which studio is making the movie, I think. So I could see the, the Sony side of it r- ramping up. I just don't think... I just think anybody that's... Talking about uh, Disney letting go of Spider, I just feel like that's premature. They're going to make the deal to keep this going. You know, I mean, you like this so? character. I just don't see how they don't. I'm, I mean, he seems like he's too big a part of things. But it also doesn't have to be every movie or every time. Yeah, there can yeah. be this Spider thing happening on the other side of the, you know, the the coin, and then he's still around. I'm just saying deals can be made to bring Tom Holland into whatever movie they want him in. Yeah. I bet. Right. I see, man. <laughs> I. I've- I just don't want to mishandle it. I feel like we this Spider-Man, this version of Spider-Man is so cool. And seeing all the like, I'm not trying to, the the stuff that Adrian Garfield said about like. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. 
Now I'm Adrian. picturing like Adrian Brody as Spider-Man. Adrian, Adrian Brody as it, Andrew Garfield. Right? Andrew He's out Garfield. To as in, Andrew in the Spider-Man 2 story. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Talking about basically the way that like he didn't like the way the Spider-Man felt, essentially. Um, if you if you look like just look up Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, his recent things that he said were, were not the best about kind of the way that his his version of Spider-Man played out. And he's he is actually a solid Spider-Man to me. He wasn't the problem with those movies. No, no, he was not at all. He was not at all. Poor guy. So you mentioned Shang-Chi. You guys Shang-Chi. saw that. Do we want to talk about that or what we do in the show? I guess let's let's stay on the Marvel tip and then we can yeah. let people skip into the vampire world after that. So yes, <laughs> t- let's talk about Shang-Chi. You said you watched it twice, uh, uh, Ronald. Maybe you've watched it even more since then. So tell us, why did you watch it twice? How did you like Shang-Chi? Well, I watched it twice because I think, okay, so I needed a palate cleanser. I got to be completely honest with you. We watched Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, and I think there was too much carnage. I think it was too (laughs) much of whatever they were trying to do, and I needed something that was a little more grounded, a little more wholesome, a little more like something. And I pressed play on on, uh, Shang-Chi, and I got it. I got... It didn't hit me as hard the first time that I saw it, but I I had this like feeling like, man, maybe I should explore this movie again and see if I feel the same way. Just the action was really cool. It felt good. The chemistry between um, the two main characters just really kind of showed in a, in a cool way. You just don't see friendships done really well often. I loved it. I, I think I loved it. I yeah, think it's a I super loved fun it. movie. I think <clears throat> I think I loved it. Steve, what'd you think? I agree. Yeah, no, I mean, I I um, watched it with Aaron, and I uh, was immediately sold on uh, on Simu uh, as as yeah. Shang Chi, and and I think, and and my only exposure to him is really through the Kim's convenience that Aaron always watched, and. Yeah. I always liked him and you know i like his presence on social media it seems like a really great guy and you're just like happy to see this happening to a person like that yeah but in the movie immediately i'm just like sold on the story the characters this 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 story line that we're following about the ten rings and uh this the ideas of family and history and you know all, all that stuff like yeah. I, I just think the movie does a great job of balancing um, you know, all that stuff like with legacy and especially considering like, you know, and then this is why I'm very curious to see the Eternals is like, you know, this one, you know, while it's still like two hours and change, like for a character that we haven't really met before, you know, there's been a mention of the 10 rings, like, you know, before in Marvel, but yeah. um, it's just like, they do a lot of groundwork in this they movie do. that I think is, they do very efficiently. And I think, you know, the way that they kind of dole out information about his past, um, as like his friend is learning about it along with the audience, I think was yeah. a very creative and smart way Super smart. to not have to have tons of like random exposition. Like, you know, like as, as she goes on this journey with him, uh, play, yeah, played by Aquafina, um, you know, she's like learning stuff as the audience does. So she's kind of like, we're with her that whole way through. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I, I really do think I was, I don't know, why I was surprised because I'd heard nothing but like very positive things about it from everybody 
that I like, you know, know, and especially whose opinion I value uh, highly, like, but it just played really well. And I think that, uh, you know, in that, you know, the final 20 minutes or so, I was like, so pumped up for everything that was happening. Like I was so into part of it honestly feels like I was thinking about this, like a part of it feels like I've just wanted to like see one of these movies in a long time that like really got me emotionally attached to like a finale, yeah. you know, like to, you know, I'm not talking to anything like end game level or anything like that emotionally, but like I was absolutely like emotionally moved during the last 20, 30 minutes of this movie. Like I was so excited yeah. for everything that that character is learning that he can do. And I was so excited for like, what the other characters that were along for the ride were able to do and like mm -hmm. just all these revelations. And I, I don't know, like I just feel like I haven't seen a really great action, big blockbuster movie in a while that like, I mean, like I love Dune obviously, but it's a different type of movie. Yeah. Like, I feel like this just has that, like, I don't even know, like just that climax. It is like a, like a rah, rah, like cheering moment. Like, I, I feel like I cheered out loud. You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, watching it with Aaron, um, you know, when, you know, the last couple minutes of the movie, like, it's just, it felt really good to watch this movie is what I guess I'm trying to say. Like, I love Marvel movies. I love seeing new characters in these Mar Marvel movies. Um, you know, obviously the representation in this movie is like history making and it's just like really important stuff. And it's like so great to see it so well received and just work on pretty much every level i mean again i think it's really an efficient movie even if it's just over two hours long yeah but for for not benefiting from having an introduction in a prior marvel movie you know kind of like black panther did and that's why a part of that i think black panther works so well as a standalone movie but like because they don't have to tr backtrack a lot of that story you get pieces of it and that's what makes it work so well where i think this one you know no, most people that you know don't know who Shang Chi is, and it's like you just jump right in, and you're not even learning about him for the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. You're learning about somebody else. Yeah. But but that person is responsible, or partly responsible for who Shang Chi is, and I think that's what makes the movie, um, the movie work so well. I don't know. I I, I do agree. Like I kind of loved it. And I mean, yeah. The more I thought about it, I mean, like. I don't I'm so know glad you guys falls. saw it and enjoyed it because when I saw it yeah. and couldn't talk to you guys about it, yeah. it was extremely painful because it really does it 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 does that thing that we like for these Marvel movies to do. It gets those gets you goosed, you know, it gets you excited. Yeah, it was about like goose, a, goosebumps. Like I had goosebumps yeah. a couple times. Like yeah. they, this it, it some of these some of the sequences work so well. Um and again, like I think it's just like great casting. I think he's like, you know, he's perfect for the role. Yes. And he like just bodies everything that they're trying to sell this character as i think in the movie and and they just pull off the task of like immediately wanting to see him in more marvel movies yep. and i want yeah. to see more of the character with other characters etc cetera, etc cetera. you want to see him bounce off of people right <clears throat> right yes man and and another thing that i really loved that maybe i i, I thought about this when i watched the new dexter <laughs> we, maybe we could talk about that if it doesn't step on the toes of any of the previous stuff. I love that. I love it. You know how you, 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 you we were talking about how like um, Halloween kills for some people steps on the toes of a lot of the right. ideas that were presented to them in this whole mythology of a character. Right. You know, they took something that a lot of people could have said was one of the weirder parts of the MCU 
and embraced it and turned it into one of the coolest storylines in Shang-Chi. Like it it is a it, it's a cool thing what they're doing. I really love that there's this like admiration and appreciation for the old school, you know, MCU and then kind of the change that happened when it became a little bigger. Yeah. You know, it's not like sure. none of this stuff matters. And then after this point, this doesn't, this isn't a real thing. And they're like, no, this happened. This is a real thing. We're embracing it and we can turn it on its head if it needs to be, but don't, don't shit on it. Like it was a bad choice, you know? Right. I don't know. I think that's really cool. Well, they can make good on those choices with future stuff, but it was something yeah. like Shang-Chi. It's cool to see a movie that really kind of does it in one, one complete package that like you said, yes. Steve introduces a character and deals with that origin stuff in an organic way. Um, because it feels self-contained as an action-adventure fantasy film, and where they go yeah. in the end feels like that could be the climax to something. It doesn't have to be yeah. setting you up. And so I think the way that the origin feeds into it is just like, it it's blurs the line between comic book origin story and just backstory of a character. And yeah, I think yeah. that even a movie like Doctor Strange that we all enjoyed does feel more like a an origin story mixed in with a little some action scenes. Whereas yeah, this right. or the Black Panther movie, which again, you're right, Steve, the Black Panther got introduced to us before his movie, but his origin was still, the movie was what revealed to us like his real story. So like, yeah, right. I think they can do this, like just leaping in with both feet into this, into this other world, this, this world that we haven't seen yet. And yeah, the way that it's both smaller than and bigger than what we've seen before. I think that mm. it's just clever that they can do that. I mean, I, I guess they can do that anytime they want, as long as they're going off to some new land that's kind of untouched by what we've seen before um so yeah the, i i do think this is an exciting way for them to move forward and it does feel oddly respectful like the there's some extra bonus scenes obviously in any marvel movie if you stick around and i thought i got a real charge out of just seeing like oh shit shang chi is now like on like playing in this level with these other characters that are going to be very interested in what he can do and you know how he can help them and um, that's cool. That's really, really cool that they can do all that that's in really one cool. movie. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Did you guys get moved by the fight scenes like I did? Remember I told you I actually got yes. choked up? The, yeah. Like there's one, or the early fight scene with the scaffolding and in and out of the building. I got like yeah. so involved in that, that I was like, oh my God, I'm getting emotional at a fight scene because it was the yeah. coolest thing. And I think at that point it was the, you know, I hadn't seen anything that cool, that big, uh, for over a year. So that's, yeah. that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what, what I was getting at before. It was like, it's been a while. Since yeah. I really felt like I like that emotional attachment to like a big action movie, yeah. especially like a, a comic book movie, which we all are big fans of. But I mean, like that sequence in general, like, yeah, like that stands out, like, especially in that sequence when he gets back in the side and he's like fighting that like master assassin. That's the part. Yes. And there's that. There's I that got overwhelmed by it. I couldn't, like yeah. that, like animated face on the billboard. Yeah. 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 I'm getting a little like goosebumps talking about it. Like that <laughs> yeah. is such an amazing just cool blocks and choreographed sequence. Mm -hmm. It looks like you're watching like a moving painting or something, or like a yeah. comic book cell or something. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's amazing. It was pretty amazing. What, what did it for me was the first scene, the the bus scene. Oh yeah, and I think yeah, I think it was I think it was because we just saw a, a stripped down movie and nobody, which was very like amped up craziness that had a an amazing bus scene i was about to say which bus right, scene is right. better nobody or uh shang chi oh. <laughs> oh that's a good question jeez but okay this is what i liked about that scene it felt like the director was like this is what i could do mm -hmm. i could have three things happening at once they don't seem related 
and I'm going to make this all work in a way that doesn't feel like it's cutting away from the action. So the fight starts, the kid starts recording, and he's commentating, and it just feels so like, it didn't feel stupid. Mm-mm, it felt yeah, very funny. funny. That guy's hilarious, by the way. Very but funny. It was done so well. My brain was like, "What is this?" Like, it, it was. It was. It. It almost felt like this was the pitch when they went into the meeting. They're like, "Look, this is Shang Chi, and this is how I want to introduce him." Yeah, that's the pitch. You get on the table and you're like demonstrating this scene. That's how you 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 make somebody want to see this movie. Yeah, and that's and and that's an interesting point you just made about that. Like, it's a small funny part in that bus sequence like the the the, like the live stream that's happening but like if you think about the implications to the world like they acknowledge a world in like a post snap world they acknowledge you know where we are in the mcu Mm -hmm. and like the idea that this like you know funny guy who's live streaming who took a couple martial arts (laughs) like that that line cracks me so good but but that that is the world's introduction to a new marvel hero yeah Yeah. like you know people when he goes you know it's that fight club thing like they're 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 calling him bus boy like they know who he is (laughs) yeah across the world yeah and that that's like a that's like a cool innovative way to say like in 2021 or whatever 20 whatever year that is uh this is this is a quick way to introduce a new marvel hero to the world is through a live stream on tiktok or whatever yeah. the heck he was on and you know and immediately it worked because immediately he's recognized as such so um, good. So it was great good. yeah man yeah. so i mean yeah there's so many great sequences in the movie and, and i think like the the fight between uh between him and his father like towards the oh, end of the film yeah um man it's, it's really good fucking amazing it's so good so and the, good. And the stakes are there the emotional stakes feel, yes. feel earned and genuine and you don't really want to see the dad die you know like whatever yeah. he's into you don't really want to see he's not really a villain in your in your mind he's just misguided yeah. so it's a yeah an emotional fight <laughs> It's a, it's a really good yeah I don't know like the movie does a great job at, at like the the gray areas of like family and like the legacy yeah. of his of this family and of the ten rings and even the father you know even Tony Lung's character like who is like painted as a villain in in most scenarios like you see that like when somebody who is bad is faced you know, with something that is good that could possibly change them, you know, that it does, you know what I mean? Like you, you see yeah. the impact of like good could have on evil and it doesn't yeah. always <gasps> have to equal like destroying evil, you right. know, sometimes they coexist. And I think the movie like modulates between that so well. And even, yeah. even, even Shang's like when he's, you know, describing it to the people, you know, listening, it's just like the, 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 the choices that he was faced with. It's just like this, still this back and forth of like, I'm lying to you that I didn't do something bad because I did do something bad, you yeah. know, but I don't want to be seen as that because I don't think that's who I am. And yeah, there's all this, I don't know, th- mm-hmm. that stuff works so well in this movie and with it him does. and just, it's really exciting because um, I'm pumped to see more of this character in the MCU. Like, uh, like ASAP, please. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I was so, and then, you know, as we speak, as you guys are watching this, it comes out on Disney plus IMAX enhanced. You can watch yeah, you it go. in all of its glory. Bring it around. I'm gonna, I have another excuse to watch it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there pretty it is. damn cool. So uh, let's move on, I guess, to what we do in the shadows. We, we we've yeah. all finished season three. Is that 
Is that the yes. is that what has happened? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. I sort of jumped off early this year and then binged like I was able to watch the last six episodes or something like in a in a flurry and that was great because that show is always such a little nibble it feels like that when it ends you could mm-hmm. watch another you know installment of it yeah. easily and yeah. I actually thought now that there's three seasons it would be fun to go back to the first episode and just watch them all again um, mm-hmm. but I really like how they did something I mean I think they've always had a little bit of an arc and a little bit of a plot going on but this season mm-hmm. ended one of my favorite kind of season endings which is the blow it all apart uh, season ending <laughs> where you, yeah. you you know a show's coming back but you don't know what the format of the show is going to be are they going to get back to the status quo next year or are they going to follow these characters in their new their new lives and you know like what is the heart of this show if it's not that that group of characters living in that house um so i thought it was really cool and bold and there's one choice they made in the last couple episodes of the season that i thought was really you know sad and affecting and then ended up with this really great coda to the um and i okay so i guess this potential spoilers to people that haven't watched season three of what we do in the shadows just jump ahead maybe 30 seconds or a minute do do you think there's any chance any chance that taika waititi who has directed episodes of mandalorian that he does not know that what they have now on that show is a Mandalorian plotline, where we have a baby version of a character, <laughs> That's so and, crazy. and we have a character who's, I think, going to be that character's protector and guardian, and like watching after them. How is that not a deliberate Mandalorian right. thing? And if so, I mean, if I'm right about that, how fucking funny is that? That you can do like in this world, you can do like a riff on well, Lone Wolf and Cub. Things have come before Mandalorian, yeah. right. but I mean, this idea, this is a great idea. Like the character who, and especially in the case of. Um, of Laszlo is like he's a guy who has what's defined him thus far has been his lust for Nadia in a way and their yeah. their romance. So for him to choose something over her and to say like there's somebody who needs me more than you do, that's actually kind of beautiful and poignant. But it's also yeah. fucking hilarious and potentially disgusting. And you yeah. know, uh, I just, anyway, I hope people are. I didn't ruin that for anybody that needs to run off and see that season now. But I just thought yeah. that was funny when I thought of it because it's like there's no way that didn't occur to one of the co-creators of the show who has e- directed episodes of Mandalorian. They have to know. Right, right, right. That and, might and even that, be what they're going for. Characters in. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. Um, but so yeah, what did you guys think of like where the season took us? And do you have a favorite character or uh, or two uh, or scenario that came out of it? Matt Barry, uh, <laughs> aka Laszlo, is like there's zeros and ones coming down when he's acting, man. Like he is on. Like uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like you're talking about incredible top tier comedic actors and actresses, but what he's doing on the screen sometimes is like. I mean, I'm a huge fan of him. I'm, but yeah, yeah, Laszlo's my favorite man, and close second yeah. is Nadia. I mean, she is. Yeah, close second is Nadia, but those two. What about you, Steve? Got any favorites? I agree. Laszlo is probably my favorite character. Like when he's on screen, <laughs> yeah. uh, I just, think, I just think he just is like never. You just can't stop watching him, um, and that's yeah, just Matt Berry in general. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like this season, I really, I really kind of uh, was digging Guillermo a lot like yeah, i feel no, like his just yeah. like the, the need the need slash like false confidence that he like tried to exude in different <laughs> episodes was like so was so pitiful at times uh but yeah i don't know like this this show is just uh <clears throat> i hope this show just is kind of like goes on forever if it could because uh it is interesting to see kind of how they blow it up this season and i'd be curious to see like how they kind of go along as it moves on but uh it just kind of feels like it's it's like in this pocket right now where it just could do really anything at once, 
with the characters and make it weird or make it different and introduce new things. And uh, I think they're trying to obviously make the world of the show a lot, a lot bigger than, Mm -hmm. you know, what we've been watching for three seasons. Um, So I think it's pretty smart to kind of send, um, well, two of the three, I guess, into different areas of the world where, you know, other characters from the shadow, you know, what we do in the shadows verse uh, are including Taika. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I, I'd be curious to see what happens next season. I mean, I love the show. I have yeah. from the jump. I love the movie. We all do. We always talk about it on the podcast. Um, it just feels like, you know, week over week, the show just like has I me mean, cracking up in every episode. And it's like one of my go-to shows, honestly, like consistently always makes me laugh. And casually, I just like to sit down and watch it and just relax and, it's like a it's like a it's like a warm blanket of a show for me. Like it's just so consistently reliable. That's it. Um, and they make great I use of it. guest stars it. too. You know, like when they bring somebody oh, in, yeah. it's usually like somebody great. And often it's a meta thing. Like there's a, yeah. an actor playing themselves this year that's really funny. But even just the yeah. people they bring in <laughs> that aren't playing themselves that are just here for a for a little bit part. And sometimes it's a character they've referred to in the past, and you finally see them. And then sometimes it's a. Uh, it's you know somebody that I don't know. It's it, that it's like the like you said, Steve. The world of the show keeps getting bigger. The way that they handle right. things, and I like right. that. Like that that they do they do go through characters. They do kill people and get rid of things to make you realize that things are are happening. But yeah. they also seem to know. Oh, when we've got somebody in, like Kristen Shaw is sort of a non full cast member, but definitely a big part of the show that was really successful, and she's always great. Um, I guess I'm going to give a little bit of love just in terms of thinking about this season. I thought this was a really great uh, season for Nandor, the Relentless. I just thought he, maybe especially in the back <laughs> half of the show, just had some really... I mean, that guy's demeanor and energy is so funny that he's such that he's supposed to be like this great warrior, and he's this lurking presence, but he's this soft, sort of lost person who needs yeah, right. this needs so much help uh, from Guillermo. Um, and then I think, yeah, you can't, I mean, I can't have this conversation and not mention how funny Colin Robinson is just yes. as a concept and just Coach. as a, a perfect marriage of a that guy actor and a role that just defines, like, takes, yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's like a comment on his comic energy as well as a character, you know, the fact that he's this type <laughs> of, of nebbishy guy who bores people. I just love that notion, the different ways they've gone into it of like how you can be an energy draining person um i love that yeah and the topics he goes into and the way he does it i don't know if you've been watching curb your enthusiasm but this last week they had a concept of like at a dinner party who needs to be in the middle because you can't have like a boar sitting in the middle at a (laughs) of the table at a dinner party yeah yeah, um And uh, um, and I think actually, Ronald, they kind of connected it to like the stand-up idea of middling and oh, because they were talking right, about right. being a good middle for the party. It's kind of the same thing. But like the, anyway, the, just the concept of like what's what is funny about a boar and like how do filmmakers let you know that by showing you what they think a boar is, that it's something relatable. You know, <laughs> I think Colin yeah, Rob, yeah. just that idea of like you'd almost rather have your blood sucked out of your body as your life force <laughs> ebbed away than have somebody just talk you to death about some topic you don't give a shit about um so no that's that's just really clever stuff yeah it's it is it is and it is one of truly the funniest like high concept sitcoms i've ever seen but right now it's definitely one of the one of the best sitcoms on television i mean no doubt it's just working at a higher level than a lot of the others in terms of the kind of comedy it's going for but it still gets a good fart joke in um when when it needs to it does man so 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 creative i love the the bit like with uh, i don't even know what the character's names were but like 
the two that they leave at the house that they they rented out as the Airbnb, like to, <laughs> to survive off of the renters, like. Yeah. God damn, so fucking funny. Yeah, and so today, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to stay at a themed B- Airbnb until you actually become a right. a victim of <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and uh, also Cree Summers, man. I gotta mention Cree Summers, a different world. She's oh, done yeah. hundreds of cartoon characters. A great character this season, man. Like I I just what they did this season is really a testament to great writing and evolution of a show it's crazy can, can i mention somebody who uh works on this show who is like a, a total rock star one of the executive producers sure. is the, is a woman named stephanie robinson have you guys ever like caught that name or followed what she's done no no she is well i'll just name the three shows that i've seen her credit on and you'll get what i'm saying she has written key episodes of atlanta what we do in the shadows and fargo Wow, she's a fucking. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm like waiting to see like what's that wow. show she's gonna create, you know? Wow. But it's just a name yeah, I saw, yeah. and I, I've been thinking, I've been trying to do that lately. Of like when I see a name of a writer on an episode, I right. like, like especially if I've seen him as a producer too, see what projects they work on, and it's like, oh wow, she's she's been involved in like literally three of the best things I've ever seen. So uh, and and the episode of Atlanta that she wrote, I believe she's the one that wrote the um, the one with the barber. Where uh, uh, Paperboy that is to get one his of haircut. my I favorite think that's episodes. Her. I think that's oh, her. Oh man, we might have to like reach out to her and see if we could talk to her. I so. mean, honestly, Stephanie Robinson. I'm sure she might be a listener. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, man, that's hit us up. But anyway, it's one of those. It that might be a fun topic for an episode at some point. Like, like who are the, sort of the secret rock stars of uh, of you know entertainment right now? Yeah. Anyway, Stephanie Robinson. This is yeah, and she was involved. I think her involvement at. At, with what we do in the shadows has increased with each year as far as like she was a writer and now she's a producer an executive producer but i might be getting that twisted she may have always been you know involved uh at the higher levels but yeah cool shout out to stephanie stephanie robinson okay well don't home here guys let's talk about no time to die do we have time to talk about no time to die I think so. We do. Let's talk about that. let's talk about it minute for minute. We're going to do two hours and forty three minutes of talk <laughs> about this movie. We're actually it's going to be a, we're just going to like live stream, uh, yeah. watch it with you guys. Right. Yep. Twitter watch party right now. <laughs> Pop up. Um. Yeah, man. No time to die. Daniel Craig's last Bond film. Mm. This is what his fourth, no fifth. Right. He did five. Is that right? Casino, oh, Quantum, yeah. Skyfall, yeah, Spectre. Yeah. So five. Um, I guess as a blanket statement in general, I love Daniel Craig as James Bond. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm okay. not the biggest Bond fan in general. Like, I, I feel like I definitely came late to the Bond movies. I don't feel like growing up, anybody in my orbit really was like a huge Bond fan. Like, like mm. parents and uncle, you know, like older adults, like, you know, that would have been of that time of like the Dalton or Connery era. Like I definitely remember, you know, more. being into the Pierce Brosnan movies because at the time they were like slick. And obviously I love the bond game. And like, that was a cool era for bond in that sense. Mm. But I feel like Daniel Craig becoming James Bond really is what pulled me into the franchise more. Cause I really liked him as an actor Mm. Uh, before he was James Bond, and like I, I guess I, it, 
the series has kind of like modulated between different flavors of what a James Bond movie can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for the most part, they've worked for me. Um, but I think ultimately this one in general to me feels like it's somehow captured like a mix of all of the Bond movies that he's done. You know, like it's kind of, it, it manages to kind of have some of the, a lot of the Bond camp or humor um but also some of the more serious, more physical, more violent, uh, like Avenue that some of his bond movies went down. And I think that I really, I really like that. Like, I really like this movie for that reason is that like, I feel like it kind of was a greatest hits of sorts in terms of like what he was as James Bond, um, in the four movies that came before this one, um, in general, like, I, I kind of am coming to terms with this, but I, I in general, I think I might have loved it. Um, mm-hmm. I need to watch it again because it, it is a longer movie, um, but I at least really liked it. Um, and it might be my second or third of the of the five in terms Ooh. of like where I'd rank them of the ones that he's done. But um, I don't know, man. I think that there's something to say for like, and, and I guess it gets criticized a little bit. Now, I don't, I'm not of this mindset, but like I have, you know, friends and, and I've overheard people talking about like, you know, if I want, you know, a Bourne movie, I'll watch Jason Bourne, you know, like that, that's kind of like a criticism. I feel like Bond has gotten like, yeah. I guess the mm. way that the Bond, the Craig Bond has gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, Casino Royale was definitely about, right? part of that wave of shaky cam action right. and even right. like parkour and stuff, but it was a very physical. I think at the time when that movie came out, it felt like a really good version of that, you know? So I yeah. don't, I, but I do think that style of fight choreography has gone out of fashion a little bit, but I don't <clears> know that I particularly think of that when I think of these movies. When I think of these movies, I right. think more of the the grounded bond, the starting out of the gate with a bond who didn't seem like he had become the bond we know yet. And then like sure. over the course of the movies, like you said, kind of doling out more of what you what might expect from traditional James Bond. Uh, yeah. Never going yeah. as goofy and campy as it got under Roger Moore. Um, never like, like, I don't know. I, I do think in some ways he's the he's the heaviest Bond. He's the, the the weightiest Bond. But I think the Timothy Dalton movies may have been the like the darkest Bond in terms of the sort of action hero that he represented. His mood may have been dark. But I don't remember much yeah. about those movies. I just remember growing up with the Roger Moore movies on cable nonstop. But everybody I knew who talked about James Bond was like, Sean Connery's the real James Bond. Roger Moore's like, right, okay. Exactly. But I think Roger Moore kind of became my generation's Bond because two or three of those movies were just on HBO nonstop. Uh, yeah. And so James Bond, for me, was For Your Eyes Only, uh, Octopussy. I'm, there's another one that I'm I'm forgetting, but it's like in that range of movies. Um but I agree. I think Daniel Craig in some way, like he's my favorite Bond. Uh, I've never sat down and looked at all the movies and said, what are the best movies? I think Sean Connery, you can make a case for like why people think he's so great. But I just think Daniel Craig as, a, as an actor brought something interesting to that part. And he got to be in a series of Bond films where they were trying to do something a little different with the character, which is to right. say they gave him a little bit more of a, of, a, of a hero with a franchise kind of feel in the sense that, or of uh, Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossible movies of like, there's a little bit more of an arc, a little bit more of a through line from movie to movie. 
At least that's my understanding. I'm sure some of the older movies were connected in direct or indirect ways, but I always felt like they would be connected in that like the opening scene of the new movie might deal with something from the last movie, but it wouldn't be like hanging over James Bond four movies later is right, still right, right. the death of somebody from a movie past. So I think that, yeah, it's a different Bond, and I think Daniel Craig did a great job with it. And I've been all over the place with where I feel about these movies in this series. Um, Spectre might be the worst. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure what I would say the best is. Casino Royale or this one, probably for me, were the best. Uh, but I agree, the overlongness of this kind of, it makes it hard to understand how I feel about it as a movie. I can confirm that there's some amazing scenes in this movie. And back to what I said much earlier, before I pass the baton to you, Ronald, I was thinking, boy, this movie looks great. I would love to watch this movie on with an emphasis on like a great picture and a great sound system because it that's one of the things they they do with these James Bond movies is they try to make you think of like classic filmmaking. They don't want it to feel yeah. tossed off. They don't want it to feel like it's part of whatever the flash in the pan shit is. They want it to feel like a real movie. And I think Kerry Fukunaga and his his cinematographer really did pull off a, a like an amazing visual experience in Agreed. terms of this movie. Um so I guess if I could compare the Bond stuff, I'd say that the the previous bonds kind of felt to me for a really long time almost like tim burton's batman right <laughs> and then when daniel craig came we got a more grounded version of bond uh i'm using a lot of comic book comparisons this movie feels like his logan his his like send off that reminds you why you love this guy so much why they were so amazing for the franchise. It's more emotional. You you know, you you, got, you saw Wolverine super emotional in Logan. You see James Bond really emotional, like questioning things and hurt up over things. And I mean, like it was, it was basically like an R and B music video. The first <laughs> half of it. He's just like, you broke my fucking heart. Those are beautifully photographed too, usually, you know? So yes. <laughs> and so what, what this did for me was I feel the way you guys felt about Spectre, but Spectre, this is, this movie feels like the most fused with, with a film that I've ever seen Spectre in this movie are essentially part one and part two. Like, more than any of the other ones, this feels more fused together, right? So when I watched Spectre, like, last week with Aaron, just to get a refresher, just when, when you told me that news, what, what you didn't, what I did not tell you is that I did a fucking cartwheel after you told me that it was coming up. I was ecstatic. I don't think I... I, I, I kind of got that read from your response. You got it? it. I, immediately, I was like, I think he's doing cartwheels. I think, I think because I really wanted it. to... See, like, yeah, yeah. He's doing like, cartwheels out there. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> so I was fucking ecstatic. So, you know, I, I was like, man, Spectre was weird, but I liked it a little more the second time watching it. But when I watched it with No Time to Die, it felt different. It felt different. Than I, than I thought that it would. I, th I was like, I'll, this movie's okay. But then when you figure out how it connects to this movie and everything that happens and James losing so much. I was going to say that again. He lost so much in this film to see a Bond character in such dire straits because like, it doesn't really happen. Like You don't really see 
Bond squirm, except when a when a villain's hurting him or something like that. They're right, like, right, Bond, right. give me the code for you know, it's none of that in this. This it's like the stakes. I now want to see your Bond villain. I gotta you see, it. Yeah. see this. Uh, what I need to do is get somebody to animate. Well, just send him that this. clip like as an audition, and you might be in the <laughs> yeah. next one. You're 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 you were actually supposed to be inspector, weren't you? Yeah, I was, you're, yeah, you're man. Up. yeah. I was in the meeting when yeah. Batista's character killed that guy. Right, I was supposed right. to go, oh shit. That was it. I have a new standard for if a meeting went well for me. And it's like, oh, I didn't get killed that way. Then (laughs) this meeting went pretty well for me. Can you imagine just speaking up like, man, I think we should get some more overtime. And a guy comes in. Guy comes walking in and he stands behind me just long enough that I'm like, wait, is he guarding me or is he? No, he's not. He's not here to help. No. Uh, yeah, was Batista brutal. was my favorite thing about Spectre. Oh, so, so fucking that good. That fight scene on the train was great. I, I yeah. really did feel like it was sluggish, and I, I don't know that I needed a James Bond franchise or a quantilogy, whatever this is, to like tie yeah. itself together like this. Quint- I feel like Christoph Waltz, like, I love him, and I also think sometimes he's really hammy, and I feel like great choice for oh, Blofeld yeah. in a way, but I don't know. I, don't, I, I just didn't have that much attachment to like what they would do with Blofeld. So to me, yeah, I think certain aspects of Spectre work for their sheer spectacle. No, no pun intended at all, I swear. Their sheer spectacle. Um, but as far as like thinking, like comparing it to these other movies, you know, I yeah. just, it just felt, it just, yeah, it, I just, there was a point watching it where I felt drab. You know, when a movie makes you feel drab and you're like, what yeah. am I doing with my life? Why am I watching this? You know, these are long movies. I did not realize how long the James Bond movies, but th- that okay. was like two and a half hours and this was yeah. 240. I watched Spectre for the first time watching this one as well, but because I, I kind of knew that I needed to catch up on what they were doing mm-hmm. with Blofeld. Um, but yeah, I, it definitely was like, you know, not a horrible movie, but I wondered, I was like, oh, how did James Bond fans feel? Like if you're a, if you are bought yeah. into this franchise and a movie comes out and it's just only so so, that's got to feel that's you know that's got to leave people with kind of a funny mood and then they had to yeah. hang out in that mood for years waiting for this movie years. to come out. So I'm sure that Bond fans like diehards, I could totally imagine that this movie is, you know, good news for them because it does all the things you said, Ronald. It feels like it's trying to give us something we don't normally get in this yeah. in this series, which is a real, if you want to call it a send-off or a capper or a conclusion or whatever you want to say, this movie's really doing something that both feels like you can already see how this movie is setting up other characters that could totally, you know, be the future yeah. now that Daniel Craig has left the franchise. Mm. But um, it also, if you never see these characters again, I think they did a good job of, of wrapping things up, which I just don't think a James Bond movie usually feels that way at the yeah. end, you know, like it, like it, like something ended. Related to that, related to that, the everything you said about Christoph Waltz, I will put for Rami Malek. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> you could put a fucking wet pillow there instead of him with a pistol going in and doing everything, and I would have been better off. I don't know what he was doing in this film. I don't know what accent he had that changed 15 times. I don't know how somehow an older, a woman that's older than him played somewhat i don't understand how any of that made any sense like it just, how did they they tried to age him like yeah they were get out of here yeah. and what was the thing with the pillow when i know you just said about a wet pillow but you made me think of a part of the movie when, there was a part of the movie where he throws the pillow up in the oh, air what was I that th- about i missed i, think I missed was just- I think he was just saying, "Yeah, you move too, you move too crazy." No you, sudden moves, okay. Yeah, but it was right, a weird right. way to do it because, <laughs> they'll, they'll because he had that pillow by that table. It was 
<laughs> it just got me to thinking, did he go like, well, for my little, like for my little, like he's going for on a talk show and he's going to demonstrate yeah. how to cook something. He's like, well, I've got to have my pillow ready right here for this little thing. I just thought that was a funny thing to think of, a, a, you know, a villain would do. It's like, I got to have my demonstration pillow that I bring but out to the like table. In a, they were essentially in like a silo, which yeah. could have, the bullets could have ricocheted off. Which, yeah. That's not a thing that my brain would have ever thought. Like, if you throw this in the air, there's a little kid in him and these people... None of those bullets went anywhere. They didn't, I don't, I don't they, think this guy was mentally well, though, Ronald. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He had a poison farm. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're right. A beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful futuristic poison farm. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like his lair. His lair felt very old school. Oh, it's cool, Bond. man. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, yeah, he, he's interesting. Like, without Ram, a doubt, Rami or Safin, the character? Rami, Rami, okay. uh, Rami Malik, uh, is he? Don't, he's is not he, from Earth. Is he good or? Oh, I don't know. I don't Steve. think. I don't, I don't think he doesn't. Steve, he's not for me. Are you talking about in general or just in this movie or in at general? all? At all. At I'm all. sorry to this man. I don't know him. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> that's how I feel about him. <laughs> I'm sure he's. I'm sure I he's a nice know. guy. Like I'm down with Rom. Like I'm not. No, I, yeah, I don't. I don't have anything against him, but I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I. Because like, the more I think about it, like watching the movie, you know, there were two things that stood out to me, and I. And I don't know that I really. Uh, if I'm going to nitpick the movie, I, again, I really like this movie a lot. Me too. Yeah, I don't think we're going to nitpick it. Is, is it? Is it? Is it? Leia Sado. Sado. The Leia Sado. Yeah. 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 I, I don't really think that she was very good in the movie um, oh. either. Um, See, I, I liked don't, her. I think if there's one, if there's one thing if there's one thing that kind of stood out was that like I don't know of the Bond relationships. I don't mm. know that his and hers like their chemistry in the in the in the oh. movie works for me at all. Like especially oh. when you compare it. I think the age thing really, really hurts the it, chemistry. It, yes. He seems too old for her. They just That's don't what make it that is. work. They just don't it make does. that work. Yeah. It, it looks yeah. it looks weird and it, it looks doesn't weird. doesn't work. It, like I I just don't feel like her performance worked for me in general, but like the character with Bond doesn't feel like the right choice. I mean again it's fine. Like no, I, I totally get you. I, yeah. I felt like it was almost arbitrary that it's like, right. oh, that this right. is the romance they're going to go out on because it doesn't seem like it really is that much of a click. Like they didn't click that well. They, yes. they, they had kind of exactly. average bond chemistry for this sort of. Yes. Oh, we just had. We just uh, our lives just were threatened and we set, we lived. Right. Now let's right. have sex right. wherever we are on whatever yeah. kind of transport we're on. That's like a James Bond thing, but like. Um, I I know I well, I agree one hundred percent about that that like the chemistry wasn't really there. I liked her, and I, maybe I'm kind of maybe I was kind of taken with how gorgeous she is. But like, oh yeah, um, I do think that I was like, eh, really, is she the one? But one other thing I want you guys to know, since we're talking about age differences, did you notice the the dates on Vesper Lynn's grave? Born in eighty three, died in two thousand six. Aaron pointed that out. So, so she was twenty three. She was supposed was, to be twenty three. That just was then it made me 20. think: Did she go off the grid at twenty three? And people thought she was dead, or she? And yeah. then I got to just two in my head about it. But I was like, it seems like That's, you would skew the age in the other direction. You would try to make it yeah. seem less weird rather than more weird with just whatever fictional age you give this character. Maybe Eva Green Aaron, had something in her contract that says you got to say I was twenty three. Aaron um, pointed that out immediately. She's like. He has a thing for really young women. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know that, but it's weird but, now in 2021 okay. to see them just depict that without but commentary. W- what was really interesting, what you say that, but then like Money Penny and him in a scene 
a lot of chemistry. Him and Nomi, yeah. even. Oh my God. Like, I was like, yes. Jesus yes. Christ. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you know, well, she's Jermaine, an interesting one. She's an interesting note to imagine she's following. Intense. She's intense in a cool way. When they were in Jamaica and um, they first started interacting. And then also uh, the other agent. Yeah. Uh, From uh, Knives uh, Out, right? Oh my God. Yeah. She's amazing. She loved her. Great in it. So good. That, that fight scene, I, I awesome. don't know if it was just the. She looked great in that. I mean, just she the looked, way she was moving, yeah. was so, it was fun to watch. It was like it was she cool. was having fun kicking ass, and that's a great yeah. quality that's the, for that's, someone to that's bring. That's the point, though, Ronald, right there, is that you just named three people, three women that he interacts with. It has in better chemistry movie. with. Yeah. yeah. Way better chemistry yeah. with all three of them in half the scenes. And yeah. and that's the only thing. Okay. But again, but that was, to, but back to the Rami real yeah. quick. Like, that, that's even minimized. Because yeah. I think Rami like really is the biggest issue of the movie for me. Like, I I really <laughs> yeah. don't think I like I really don't think I like him. Like, and Damn. I think something went wrong with Bohemian Rhapsody, where like all of a sudden he's like this amazing actor. He's the guy. And he's the guy. Like everything he's done since then is has he's been very weird and not good in. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the only thing. Like, with this being Craig's last Bond, like that villain being. Yeah. You know, having the impact that he has on the Craig Bond verse, like, uh, it kind of is a little bit of a letdown because I don't think he's a very good villain. And I don't think even his performance as that yeah. villain is good. Can I give you a swap? I'm going to love swap. you too. I would love you Felix. <laughs> Safin should be Felix and Felix should be Safin. Can you imagine? Jeffrey Wright as a villain. Don't take away and my Felix. Where, I love Jeffrey Wright as Felix. I know, so man. Good. I know, but he, Jeffrey Wright is a he's a force. And you're dealing with somebody that's like or even or even fucking uh M. Voldemort. I'm just saying, like <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I did I what, what we didn't what we realized slowly uh, and well quickly is that they really didn't have to put a lot of prosthetic on his face. His face is just kind of scary looking. For, for Wait, who? Rami? Ralph, Ralph Rami. Fiennes. Oh, Ralph Fiennes. Oh, Ray Fiennes? Yeah, right. Ray Fiennes, uh, Ralph Fiennes or whatever. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but he's, he's, got such a, he's got such a proud schnoz, though, and Voldemort yes. is not. He's got he a, a But schnoz. everything else is just like his like evil face. I thought he was really good in this. I thought his was performance so good. was really good. He and he brought a lot of gravitas to that role that Every, could be. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, Everybody around was, it is so good, man. Like Money Penny, you know, so QM, like yeah. everybody was Felix. That that whole sequence was was great. And oh, oh, Ben Wishaw was was the heart of this movie in some ways. Like especially so his, his involvement in the in the climax, though. He's like the character who you get to see kind of have the distant reaction yeah, to what's going yeah. on. And I thought he was great in that little quiet moment or two that you see where he realizes the stakes. Like he realizes what what's actually oh, going on yeah. more than anyone he's else us. does. Yeah, no, he he's is us. in some ways. It, he's it, even it, just it, trying it, to have a nice dinner, and it can't yeah. even do that. Bond comes over. <laughs> yeah, it it hurt my feelings when that stuff unfolded. You know, it's like. Um, yeah. It's uh, yeah. a weird thing when you just realize that, like, <laughs> something's not going to work the way you want it to work. And watching that emotional change, like, the the optimism turn into, like, like genuine, like, oh, my God, like, something, this isn't 
what we thought it was going to be. The plan just right. isn't what we thought it was going to be. You just you get a you get a feeling in your stomach where you're like, I'm going to probably cry in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like looked over at Aaron and I was like, Holy shit, this is about to go down. Like this, this might be going somewhere this. that it's different. Yeah, yeah they're gonna they're actually going to do this. I was like, wow. So, um, so let's nutshell our thoughts and then go into a little spoiler section and wrap sure. this bad boy up. Anybody have anything else they really want to say that's just a general thought? It sounds like we're all pretty positive on this movie. We are seeing it late. Most people that were really excited yes, about yes. this have probably already yes. seen it. Yeah. But really quick, point to make. This movie is going to end up being the biggest worldwide movie of like the big box office releases of the pandemic era. Like non, like there's a couple of movies in China and Korea that came out like homegrown movies yeah, that yeah. may probably make more money. But I'm talking, you know, Fast and the Furious, Marvel, whatever you want to say. That Spider-Man may change that. But, you know, right now, Bond worldwide is kind of knocking on the door of Fast 9. And it will absolutely pass it because it's doing extremely well uh, internationally. Mm -hmm. But I think the move to bring it to VOD is a really smart one um, because Mm. it's going to clean up on video on them, you know, with this platform too. But, I mean... That's like a massive win. Like we talked about Bond like a couple months yeah. ago. Like, is Bond gonna completely miss? Right. And like it absolutely didn't. Like it yeah. did, maybe didn't do crazy gangbusters here, but worldwide, like it's it's in the it's in the realm of like Bond performances pr- even pre-pandemic. So like yeah. that's a huge <clears throat> achievement and and that's something to be applauded, I think. Yeah. I don't. I want to say one more thing, and I hope it doesn't step on the toes of the, what I'm about uh, about a franchise that we've referred to. Okay, Mission Impossible is I, one time I said like the Mission Impossible is one of the best Bond. <laughs> the last oh, yeah. one was one of the best. But here's the thing: this movie, the scale of this movie, the way it's shot, the way it looks, the way that it feels, this like puts it very securely in a spot where it separates itself from this from Mission Impossible to me. It it makes a very clear like the, these movies are very different. They cost different amounts of money. They look different, they feel different, they have a different legacy. This separated them to me. So weird. I was, you, I, I, this movie reminded me more more of a Mission Impossible movie than any other James Bond movie ever. But like when I was watching it, I, I was like, "This is very much like a Mission Impossible movie." So well, what I was going to say is like, it, there would be no Mission Impossible. I mean, the movies. I don't mean like the shows. There yeah, would not be any Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be any Mission Impossible if it weren't for Bond. And oh no, Bond it's like it's like Tom but Tom you know Cruise I mean? gets to do American Bond. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, like that's yeah, what oh, Mission totally. Impossible but kind this of is, is. But this is them being like, aha, we got this back. We we can make a movie that feels accessible. You know, crazy and action packed. Like and huge. Spectre, yeah. And huge. Spectre didn't feel like that. This this securely makes me feel like I was watching a Bond movie again. Like yeah, I, it, yeah. it, it felt totally, different. Totally agree. So, I don't know what Spectre it was. Felt like Mission Impossible too. It did. <laughs> it, did. <laughs> it did. It really does. Yeah, it, it really did. feels like a big miss. A yeah. big it, miss. I was like, this isn't doesn't feel like a Bond movie. And then I watched a Bond movie in this last film that really does, like you said, like there are elements of Mission Impossible that make it so good mm-hmm. i was like man this it, it connected with me the way that mission impossible did not that that is not a thing that happened for quite some time when it comes to yeah. bond movies so yeah man 
Well, folks, we're about to spoil a little bit before we wrap up this episode. So if you haven't seen the movie, Heck this is a yeah. good time to skip uh, because this is an easy one to spoil. In a couple of words, we can spoil it. And I'm about to do it in three, two, one, two words. Bond dies. Holy shit. I mean, I guess I kind of knew they were going to do something a little different with this one, but I did not know they were going to do... I don't think this is a franchise-breaking idea. I think they can recast, reboot, whatever. I think this mm. movie gives us characters we could follow in another movie, a team. Yeah. I would love to pick up, speaking of Mission Impossible, I would love to pick up with who's left standing there at the end of this movie, yes. the group of people that are toasting Bond. To yeah. me, that's that's my next Bond movie. I don't need to hear yeah. Idris Elba or whoever, or Henry Cavill or anything. I don't need to hear who's Bond. I just need to know like who's 007 suddenly is a lot more interesting to me. Um, because I think they kind of nailed that tone. Like that, I really got into that team at the end. So yeah. yeah. But how did they? How do you feel about how they did it? Uh, we were talking about the emotions earlier. I think that's what you guys were alluding to. That you would get yeah. this creeping sensation that Bond's not going to make it off the island in time. He's kind of dead two or three different ways in this movie, you know. But this yeah. notion that he can't be, and this is where what you were saying, Steve, the criticism you have, I think, does weigh heavily. Is that so? Bond can't be around this one woman. And that's a reason to hang it up. I get that it's like the moment where he just says, fuck it. I can't be around my child. I can't be around nope. the woman I love. I get for Bond why that's a moment to say, I've done enough. It's time for me to stop. And also, I might not make it off the island anyway. I could run like crazy. He's kind of playing the odds. I feel like it is a very tactical choice. But I do think what you were saying, Steve, that lack of chemistry, that does hurt a little bit, that final moment of realization uh, for Bond of like, oh, yeah. it's not worth living now because I can't be around these people. Um, and and what makes it work though is the child. Yes, yes, definitely yeah, the that, child. Th yeah, that's what makes it. That's what makes it hit for me. You, but because you we may what? have just seen him develop hope because of this right. child. Like they didn't right. make that a huge part of the movie, but you see it in his right. face that maybe this is the first time James has felt like he had something worth saving yes. and worth like in, 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 exactly. the you know hanging up his jacket and like going home to kind of. So. Yeah, and also there's like. Uh, there's like a practical idea behind his love for this woman. Like, I think yeah. sometimes when you think about love as as a concept, you're like, oh, every time I see her, I'm going to, you know, it's like hard. But I think that true love is a lot more practical. It feels a lot more like, I, I'm not trying to say that it has no chemistry. I'm not saying that, but like. Whatever this version of love that he's he's found through this relationship, this is maybe what a real James Bond would have felt. You know, it's like it's not. I'm not throwing this person all over the place and having sex all over the place. Sure, it started like that, but now when I see her five years later, fuck, I feel the same way that I did five years ago. Like that. That was crazy to me. That part stuck the landing to me. Mm -hmm. Outside of all the the lack of chemistry that they had at some parts, that made more sense to me. That yeah. was what really stuck the landing of the explosion was him seeing her and expressing the way that he felt about her when he saw her, you know, just kind of pouring his heart out to her. That was yeah. crazy. That was an amazing scene too. It was a, it's a well. If you had an idea of like we're going to kill James Bond, how do you do it? Yeah, I think they staged it well, yeah. and it, it felt satisfying. Do you, do you agree, Steve? <clears throat> I totally agree. Yeah, I think yeah. that the idea. I mean, even little things that they do leading up to the point, like you know, when he's getting out of there and he sees the little stuffed animal and he grabs it and he hooks it to his little suspender, oh, and it stays just there. Visual, it stays yeah, there until he yeah, dies, and it too. stays yeah. there the whole time through the last lines of dialogue. 
where you're not really seeing the child. You're seeing him talk to Madeline, mm -hmm. but you're looking at him with this little plush in his little waistband. And it's like, that's his child's. And like when he goes, he's got a piece of his kid with him. Mm -hmm. That's fucking good. Like, I don't like that works for no, me. That was like, good. Yeah. It's really, really good stuff. And when it happens and like the last couple of lines that he's like repeating over and over again, like that, I think they did a great job with it, man. And they, yeah. and, I, and I admire that they, that they, that they, um, that they went for it, man. I don't know. Well, you know, Felix died too. And I think that's worth yeah. giving a moment to. Oh, I loved the way they that. handled that because it was not like a, it was a quick shot, like a, a, a dirty blow that took him out. And it was yeah. just yeah. no way to save this guy, no way to get out of here in time yeah. to save this person. So it's like kind of like the end, a, a precursor to the ending of James Bond. Like, not being able to do it all. Like, I can't save everybody. I can't get out of here. And then what did Felix say? He said, make this one count. Yes. Or make it, make it worth it or make something it worth like that. Make, make it, it worth, worth it. it. I mean, Jesus. Like, yeah. what a great last line. And what a great sort yeah. of meta comment about this movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I gotta be. A, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I would definitely watch... A, a middle movie that's like James Bond in Jamaica, because or Felix, I loved just I, I would do just a his, CIA spinoff with Felix doing some some shady oh shit, god. you know? Like, oh my so god, fun. man! That just watching James and Felix in Jamaica was so fun. It was crazy. What if they did like uh, a Weekend at Bernie's slash <laughs> James Bond kind of reboot with the two of them? There you go. There, there you go. go. That's what Schmoofie Studios. If we weren't, that's it. That's why we oh, got yeah. that up. Is there a Cylon? <laughs> is there an alien coming? I think I think uh, War of the Worlds is happening outside oh, okay. my window. That's oh, what my it sounds God. like. <laughs> Dude, that, that's, that, that's like that's like a highway, like a while away. It's like there's like these cars or bikes that race like late, late at night. Oh yeah, and that's what it yeah. sounds like. Oh. It's like it's so fucking loud. They come up and down York or Greenmount uh, near yeah. my place, yes. and I'll hear it like at night. Like especially if I go outside to let one of the dogs out, and I just step out with them at night, I'll hear shit going on. That's like, sounds yeah. like Mad how, Max. How far away is that, and how is yeah. it that loud? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times, good times. All right, but yeah, but yeah, man. Honestly, like no time to die. Like I, it works for me. I yeah. think pretty much across the board with the nitpicks I have. Like even those said, um, you know, well done, Daniel Craig. Yeah. Dude, you did it, and uh, yeah, you put out some, you know, a, a great niche uh, or a great like little slice of the Bond legacy is yours, and you're you're my Bond guy. So uh, until a better one comes along, you're my guy. So yeah. what what do you think? What should they do next? Do you want to see this world spinning out with these actors and these roles, or do you want to see the big news, new Bond? Like, what does that even mean to you now? You know, I'd like a Nomi movie. I'd like a movie with uh, with Paddington and Nomi and uh, Voldemort trying to save the world. I mean, yeah. you, you say that, and I, I would absolutely watch that movie. Um, I don't think that's what's going to happen yeah. for their franchise. Yeah. Um, you know I what it seemed they like want... they were doing was putting in Rory Kinnear as like a new M. Like it, this movie seemed right, like it was a right. baton passing moment because he got to do a, Tanner got to do a little bit a more. lot. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah. is that just because they want to they want to say we love Tanner, let's give Tanner more to do, or was this a sign of like Tanner can get in there because he and Nomi had like a moment or two together that felt like oh this is the this is the team this you know is the, this is the group now yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. so I, are they not going to spin that character off that feels like a no no brainer to me but maybe maybe there's just not enough of an enthusiasm behind it to do that the bond franchise kind of works in mysterious ways so yeah i hope yeah, I she's think, at think, least involved i think yeah i don't know 
I don't know what they do. I, I don't know. Like, cause in, in today's IP world, it's like, you gotta have James Bond, you know? Right. Like yeah. they're, they're going to reboot this entire franchise. Um, if they're going to reboot this entire franchise and have a James Bond, you know, if that's the approach, like they're going to want like a big, you know, some sort of big announcement, big name, big publicity swirl over who can be James Bond, uh, or whether it's a man or a woman who, or if they change it, you know, whether it's Nomi or something like they, they got to make it the franchise or 007 is the franchise. If they pivot away from a bond. Movie. Right. Yeah. You know, like they did a little bit of that in this movie, like talking about the 007 of it all. And like, there's some good jokes in the movie with that, but like, it would be, yeah, I don't know. It's like, they're very, very protective of this franchise. And they know it's like a perennial, you know, thing where like they, you know, in a, perfect world it's a billion dollar franchise um yeah. and i'm very curious i really don't know what they're gonna do i mean there's so many conversations about you know an, her being the new bond and then it's like what she's not the new bond like they're they're talking about like she's not the new bond she's just a new 007 in the movie which makes me feel like they want to reboot the franchise yeah like right. that they want to start a younger bond that can be a bond for decades to come. Mm. And, and I, if they do that, I'd be looking for someone, you know, who is a younger character or younger actor, rather not like maybe in their, I don't know, early thirties or something like that. Yeah. That could do it for 20 years easily or 25 years, you know, but I don't know. We'll see, man. I don't know. It's, but this one, was a good uh, to me. It was a great send off, and uh, I, I'm actually really excited to watch it again. Um, me too. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I'm gonna watch it with the fam after watching yeah, it myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's, it's it's a good watch. It's a good watch. Um, all right, man. I think that's it. I think that's, that's it. Movie. Yeah. Uh, so moviesmovie.com is the website. The YouTube channel is actually YouTube.com/slash moviesmoviepodcast. Um, we have all been mistaken for uh, so long that we assumed we had the slash movie schmovie. And apparently a gentleman who's been around for 15 years 15. who has one subscriber and I think <laughs> three or four videos. But you know what? More power to you. Maybe we can talk and maybe we can make some changes. But our YouTube that you know you should be finding is slash movie schmovie podcast. Um, and we'll link that properly now, probably, or yeah, no, we will link that properly on our uh, main website. But if you go to the main website, you can jump into any of the social media sites, uh, all the podcast platforms. You can find the episodes if you want the audio version. If you like the video, again, youtube.com slash movie podcast. You can subscribe and make sure you hit the bell to get the notifications when new podcasts come out every Friday. Um, that's the goal. And that's what we've been able to do for the last basically 20 months, which is amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Um, any ideas for next week, guys? Anything jumping out to you? I mean, I did have one I idea. Come up guys, with something. Thanksgiving's in. coming up. So. Oh, it's a little secret. Got it. And then we need to. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I like how you kind of turned it on its. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Well, I mean, then it opens the door for us to. Well, uh, that might be a little too preemptive. I don't know. Well, you know, I'll, I'll twist we'll your see, arm. We'll feel I'll it out. We'll see how week. it goes. Um, yeah, again, though, like, we'll probably come up with, like, five more movies to talk about next week. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We'll, we'll say we have nothing, and then we'll have, right. like, a lot to squeeze in. But that's fine. That's yeah. a cool, right. that's a cool right. problem right. to have. I'm sure maybe we'll talk about Red Notice. That comes out today on Netflix. Red that's Notice. Rock. Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot movie. Um, that's, like, a big one. So maybe we can talk about that. 
as a starting point. Woohoo! Yeah, who knows? Crazy. Um, guys, calm down. Don't get so excited. Okay, you guys <laughs> both. You both look too. Know, excited everybody's right now. everybody's clamoring for more red notice coverage from us. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.